0: Hello and welcome to the Gooners Podcast. It's another happy pod, another win, and this holiday season may even bring two mortal enemies together, even if one of them has no friggin' idea who the other one is. It's the Gooners Podcast, Season 6, Episode 55. the end of the pod. That's all we have for you tonight. Thanks for coming. Oh man, it's a it, it's a happy one. I should have kept the camera on a little bit longer before I started because, of course, the champagne boiled over and was all over my leg. And you know, whenever I wet myself, I need it, it should be shown on video. But uh, but, Mikey, good to see you again. It's been a while since you and I have podcasted together. Even longer since you did it without your mute button. on
1: I know <laughs> it's been a while, man. It's funny what a uh, a newborn does to your schedule. Really, kind of just throws everything through the loop. So, uh, yeah. Um, oh, you're think, talking uh, about you. I was like, shit, did okay. I miss you? again? Yeah. Oh no, this is after Ian. We already had another one, Mike. Remember, right. I'm. 49 and counting. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're pretty yes, much one absolutely. every nine
0: weeks at this point, <laughs> not nine months. So does it? Uh, you, you, this is your second podcast in about eighteen hours, but the last one didn't count because one of the guys was sleeping for eighty percent of the pod. Is that? Yes, I mean, that's
1: pretty accurate. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sebi right, well, that, showed up. Um, looked like he was drugged potentially. I'm not hundred percent sure. Can't confirm that, but he was very groggy at the very at the very least. He had a lot of Benadryl. Is going to be my 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 guess. And uh, yeah, he was a little groggy, a little out of it, but uh, well, we tonight we,
0: we have two amped up guests. No one's going to be falling asleep on this podcast, although Jack probably hasn't slept that much recently. But uh, it, it's it's good times at Arsenal. Twitter's been a fascinating place the last couple of days, kind of exploring how people handle a, uh, a purple patch for once. Um, but uh, if you followed our show for a while, you know that we love breaking a certain thing. Mikey, do you know, do you know what we like breaking here at the Gooners Podcast? At the Gooners Podcast, sir, we break ducks we do so we have two duck breaking guests tonight um, not just one but two uh not just one, not even one and a half we have two duck breaking podcasters tonight uh, with us so first joining us from central london via st louis missouri a place that i've spent much time in uh, via a pretty crazy last 48 hours or so welcome to the pod jack robinson it's good to have you buddy
2: thanks for having me
0: now we're gonna get into kind of what your last forty-eight hours is like. Um, the, the trigger for for you having us, uh, for for us having you on the pod. I know this isn't the first podcast you've done, even though I tried to lock you down with a with an exclusive. <laughs> I have seen that you've uh, you've cheated on us, but now when I when I went to, to 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 check you out, like I told you, your name sounded familiar, and I saw that you you were following us. So, I mean were you what's what's your history i mean did, did, are you unfortunate enough to have actually listened to us in the past or or, or um, i would, i say fortunate
2: to listen to you guys in the past and uh fortunate to be on arsenal twitter for god since the beginning forever
0: yeah the good old days well well the yeah. reason the, the reason you're in london and the and 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 among others the reason that we're going to chat tonight we'll talk about in a in a few in a few minutes but uh we don't want to leave this guy out fighting out of the bottom right corner uh, if you've read any Arsenal related football media, followed game reports, press conferences, if you've opened your eyes in the last year or so as an Arsenal fan, you've heard the name. Uh, the best and fastest rising young journalist in the history of football. And I mean the history of, of football journalism. He's way, way ahead of this guy. Uh, hold on, where is he? Uh, sh- I had a wait. feeling
1: you were going here. Yeah, there he is. Way ahead of this
0: guy who. Now, now this guy could have been the fastest rising if he hadn't made the poor decision of sleeping on my couch. Not once, but twice. Uh, so, Tom, we love you. Kaya, it's fi- it's finally time for me to let you talk. Five minutes into the
3: podcast. Welcome yeah, to the good one, thank, thank you very much for having me on. That's a hell of an intro. I mean, I'm hoping I won't be putting any of you guys to sleep tonight, but thank you. That's a, that's a very, very kind intro. I'm hoping I can live up to that.
0: Well, if we put you to sleep, you know, you you know that, that <laughs> I, I just make a couch available to any football.london London journalist. I mean, all of the all of the famous ones, you know, Leith, Charles Watt, um, Wheatley, I mean they've all slept on my couch on the way up. So uh, like you know, a it's, almost, it's a right it is a rite of passage and I will probably be sued by everyone but Tom uh, for, for saying things <laughs> that aren't true. Does, um, does
1: Tom pose like that, or do you always just happen to
0: catch him like this? Just he—he he actually, I mean, and Kaya, you see him. I, I, I've known him longer than you probably, but you've seen him more more frequently than me. He just walks around like that, and so
3: so that when you take a picture, that's what it is, right? Yeah, I mean, I've never seen him lying in bed, so I wouldn't be able to say for certain about that. But, we can um, confirm that. Yeah, but listen, those poses look pretty good.
0: You know, I mean, he's he's very picturesque. So, um, so. Thank you for breaking your, your, your Gooners pod duct. And, and let's, we're going to hold off for a bit because I want to get into, uh, you know, what makes our podcast a little different than a lot of them is that, you know, we, we try, uh, to spend less time actually digesting than breaking down the game and get to know our guests a little bit more, the background, the stories, uh, because my, my thing about the Gooner lifestyle is, uh, it's the people that make the club, not the club that makes the club and the results that make the club by itself. So, um, so anyway, Jack, have you speaking of sleeping and beds and stuff? Have you slept in the last three days?
2: Um, yeah, we slept okay uh, last night. Yes. Yeah. All right, so, I'll say so, that.
0: Yeah. So had we had you on last night, it would have we would you would have been like like uh, Mike's friend Seppi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So I could obviously start the story out, but you know, every once in a while you hear a story about kind of a hard luck situation, whether it's a a fan who's come over from the States and the game snowed out uh, or something going on with COVID or the plane breaks down and you miss a connection. And, you know, these things happen when you have a worldwide fan base, uh, even just you know locally in in England, you you'll have situations where people just their dreams are about to come true and something gets in the way, but, but you'll tell the story better than I can. So to to start us off six months ago, um, when you know the club is getting ready to come to london and maybe kaya can give some some inside information about because i remember this news got out through the press before it got out to supporters clubs but start us off with the uh the famous florida cup uh gate of, of august 2021
2: yeah so uh that's why it did start so. um it started back in july uh florida um so me my wife and my brother actually bought tickets to go to the orlando game um, all excited for it, had everything planned Disney world, universal, obviously the game. And I think it was like, I'm going to say two days before we left two days before we took flight, uh, they end up canceling the game. We were too far ahead to back out of that trip to go forward. So we went forward, we went to universal, went to Disney world, missed out on the reason we went, um, after we got home it 10 year anniversary is coming up we talked about it we've been to london before but never for again um so we decided go ahead and book it uh, i would say it was about five months out from when we booked it um we had everything scheduled everything laid out uh, everything was good um i checked twitter and the restrictions and obviously everything was changing day to day So it was making me sick to my stomach a little bit, but Sunday came and no more restrictions. The game was still going on, got to the airport, was taking off. Everything was looking glorious. I was following the game as the Norwich game was going on as well on my phone. They won. So I was like, okay, fully healthy. Doesn't look like any COVID minus the four that they announced didn't announce anything as far as I was aware. Um, and they seem to be healthy. Then I get on the plane. We're about to take off from DC. and as soon as we start taking off, um, I'm looking at my phone, scrolling through it, and we get the message, I think I saw Evan was the account. I can't I don't know it fully, but he's the one who tweeted possibly it being postponed. so I'm re-t- clicking the button as fast as I can to see what's going on. And I saw post after post after post from either The Athletic or everyone saying it's postponed. So obviously... Um, so you're, and I you're sitting off.
0: on the plane. The plane hasn't taken off yet, but you're sitting on the plane. Oh, no, it, it took off.
2: It was going, and I, it wasn't in the air yet, so I still had the uh, DC Wi-Fi, so everything was fine as I'm going off. And it took off, and I still had the Wi-Fi, and then obviously I lost the Wi-Fi but I knew the game was pissed off. So I knew it. So I, I'm sitting there going from DC to London. Um, 34 year old baby. Let's go with that. So I'm in tears. I am. And I'm a handful to, to be with like that. So obviously my wife's keeping her, um, I had my headphones in the entire time, pretty
0: much crying. Um, does that make the trip go faster? Because it's a long trip over there. I mean, like, I should try this next time. Like, like, no. should I cry on the line or just it makes it longer? No, Very longer. So, uh, so we... <laughs> let, let me switch over to Kaya real quick. Did you get any now, free booze? Did, <laughs> well, yeah, we got, we got to find out, like, <laughs> if anyone on the plane knew or had any kind of sympathy or empathy for what you were going through or if they don't just think anyone were, were annoyed by you. But, Kaya, when did you <laughs> first find out about the, the postponement? Was that – because I've heard that the club, like, Arsenal, excuse me. Arsenal may have actually known before the 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 Norwich game, which may have had something to do with the the way that they selected the, the starting eleven.
3: Um, that's not what I'm aware of. I mean, we did the press conference ahead of the Wolves game, straight after the Norwich game. So I think as far as they knew, it was going ahead, and Mikel Arteta and the communication team at Arsenal were very keen to get that press conference done straight after the Wolves game because obviously that less than two-day turnaround means that the time we do the pre-match press conference ahead of Wolves wasn't really there. So, yeah. no, as, as far as I know, um, it was going ahead. And sort of as I left Carrow Roads, because I was I was at um, Norwich for the Boxing Day game, as I left Carrow Road, so we were joking in the sort of press room, see you in less than 48 hours, guys. And then on my drive back down... Um, I saw a message flash up on my phone, uh, obviously like a bunch of tweets. And um, then I got a text from Chris Wheatley, who's my colleague at London. for those of you who don't know. And um, yeah, he just told me that the game had been cancelled. And then as I sort of called him to check what was going on, he told me. And then sort of as we were on the phone, Arsenal confirmed it. So I don't think they really had too much of a an inclination that it was going to be cancelled until sort of after the Norwich game, to be honest, because everything was planned to to go ahead as schedule. It. and I, I feel like if maybe they they'd known ahead of the game, then maybe they probably wouldn't have done the post match um, Wolves press conference, or maybe they would have worked something else out. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Mike, had, had you heard that 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 there may have been some advance? I don't remember where I heard that from. Obviously, not a reliable source, but uh, but but there were some rumors going out on the deep dark web uh that, that that we might have had some some something of a heads up mm-hmm. which is why we didn't rotate as much or whatever whatever you want to say so so not only was chris wheatley te- uh texting you kaya uh but he was also looking at twitter uh, because jack tell the pick up on the story because now you're on the plane crying yes now crying like a baby but but with alcohol right sober no. Sober. No. sober that's not the good. worst type of sad
2: not even <laughs> not even a water couldn't even drink didn't even want anything. Was, wow. Uh, too upset. Um, I, mean, to, I mean, that's I mean, that's, yeah, that's
0: something yeah, I, know. I, I don't even know uh, what
2: <laughs> to keep going. So we got off the plane, we didn't have a, a long layover. It was like 45 minutes, an hour, not even. Um, so we're getting on the plane to London, like getting into our seats, getting all situated. And I received a message um, from Chris um i thought it was also weird he followed me back so i, th- I was all excited about that first off so that <laughs> that made my day um then i saw his message and it was like hey jack would that I have been
0: enough i mean would, i mean like if, if if that was it like the, out of this whole thing i got chris <laughs> Wheatley to follow me with that i mean kaya had to um, enter hey, journalism have you know, been pretty
2: if nothing else happened you know if he just followed me back and that was the end of it i came to london there was still no game, you know i you're, you're like slightly ahead of the
0: game in that situation, right?
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, I feel you. what? Um, it got better. It got better. Uh, yeah, Chris. Uh, he messaged me, um, on Twitter. He told me he saw my post. Um, he let me know that he was incredibly sorry. Um, he wanted to know how long I was staying in London. Um, I let him know right now. As of that time, I was only staying till Thursday. And he was like, okay. Um, I'm gonna have someone message you really quick on Instagram. Give me a second. And I said, okay. So obviously I'm going through my head what could be going on. Um I'm thinking it's gonna be Tom gonna Kansas. Someone, he's it's gonna, gonna be he's someone gonna that's gonna be like, Hey, I'm really sorry. We'll send you something in the mail from Arsenal, something like that. Or I mean, I was to be honest, I didn't know what to think. Um, and then out of the blue is and I, 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 mean, think, I think
0: your, your, your mic, your mic zoom, uh, bottomed out a little bit during that. So, could you just okay. say it again? Yeah. Is it better? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Out of the blue was Granite. So, um, so Granite's Granite. back on Instagram. Because, I mean, if I were him, I wouldn't have gone on Instagram anymore. But... Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. I saw a message uh, from Granite Shaka. Um, to be honest, I've read it like a million times. I, I I'm still in disbelief. Um, it's extremely heartfelt and he wanted to say how sorry he was. He saw the post via Twitter. Um, he wanted to reach out to me and my wife, congratulate us on our 10 year anniversary, um, again, apologize for the inconvenience, show his support for our support of the club and wanted to know if I would like to be, um, a fan or come to the game with my wife as a fan of his. And to be honest, I really didn't know how to react. I mean, I didn't have, first off, we weren't staying till Sunday or Saturday uh, as of now. We didn't extend our stay at the hotel as of now, but I couldn't say no. I mean, there was no way
0: I was saying no to this.
2: So I said yes, and we made it work.
0: So, so, so you, didn't, you didn't respond like, nah, it's I right.
1: We're good, yeah.
0: No, no, <laughs> okay. I, uh, I'm You don't do that, at,
1: at, don't any do that point in time, at any point in time, Jack. Did you think it was like a troll at all?
2: Because, like, I, I just the only reason I didn't is I already followed Granite and, ah, blue okay, chick, okay, and okay, any other thing I would have think. um, I don't know. but no, I well, it's hard to believe, but I did believe
0: <laughs> so, Kai. Kind of, I mean, did Chris actually do this, or was this you, and Chris is just taking credit as a more senior uh, uh, writer on, on the staff? But, I mean, did you know anything about this for, uh, for real, though? I mean, like, like did he say much about it? Because I've been in communication with Chris uh, to, to try to learn more about the story as well, and he's pretty much just like, as soon as I saw that and it was starting to get viral a little bit, I reached out to Granite, and, you know, Granite's a great, you know, a, a, a solid guy, and I knew he would help out. Um, but, I mean, is it just he just dialed him up on his phone and or, or did you know anything about this effort
3: yeah uh, so i i got back from the drive to norwich and i was sort of lying on my sofa procrastinating having to write my piece for the morning by just watching tv and then chris sent me a text with um the story because i hadn't yeah exactly lying exactly like that on the sofa um <laughs> that pose. it's amazing i managed to unlock my phone with my hands in the air like that but i did it somehow <laughs> and yeah, Chris sent <laughs> me a text being like, "Have you seen this story?" And I hadn't seen it, and it was really sad. And Chris just said, Look, "I'm going to try and get in touch with um, Granite about seeing if I can get this guy a ticket." I said, "Yeah, you should. You should do that." And as much as I'd like to take credit for it and say that you know <laughs> that, was, that was because of me, it happened. It's not at all. I mean, that's just it's a really nice, nice gesture from Chris and to go that extra mile and to like actually reach out to Granite. I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would have sent sort of. Messages, condolences and sort of I'm so sorry this has happened, but sort of go the extra mile and sort of use the position he's in to try and um I guess um solve the problem that come up from the from the Wolves game um being cancelled because like there's nothing anyone could have done about it. It's in no way anyone's fault really, but to turn such a negative into a positive situation is yeah.
0: Well it's the FA's fault, but it's not it's it's no one that yeah, we have true, access true, to. True, uh, true, yeah. yeah.
2: I still blame wolves. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've never, I mean, you, you, you didn't. We're undefeated against wolves in games that you were supposed to be at. Um, 100%. Yeah. So, I, you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. But I mean, did the club help with any of the arrangements of extending your tri- your, your stay, or or was that? No. I mean, because because like I, 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 no, I, an extra few days I, in London got, is never a bad thing. They don't need to do anything.
2: Um, the message from Granite was far enough. Uh, that's, that's way too generous to be honest. Um, but that I didn't would never ask for anything.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I mean, it's, this is a classy club. Uh, our, you know, it's not the only club that, that does stuff like this. And, it, you know, sometimes it really is down to the player. Sometimes it is, is to the club, but, um, uh, we've seen countless situations of, of the club reaching out to people who have had bad fortune. Um, even when it's not the club itself, we've seen examples like with our friend Johnny Smythe, uh, who I met because of a post about his son's friend, who had lost his mom to cancer back in uh, in July. Uh, a tweet I actually read on my way down to Florida for the Orlando visit, um, and you know the, the the fan base absolutely rallied around him. You know, it, it's hit or miss because you know sometimes the right people pick up on these things push it out there through their, through their platforms. And sometimes things slip through the cracks. I mean, that's the nature of life, but, but when something, you know, resonates it, you know, when someone's coming a long way or coming through hardship or planning from a long period of time, and you know, it, it, it really is a great story. And I love to see that the club did that. Um, now, Mike, I, I agree. I mean, in Arsenal Twitter,
2: I mean, I can't say enough, no matter how toxic they are day to day, because they are, um, Someone didn't retweet my tweet some of uh, them and are. get it to Chris. So some know, of them are. Some of them. Um, I mean, I, think, I, I thank everyone for it. I mean, it, that's the whole reason it was seen by Chris. And then Chris to to grant it, and then God love him, grant it to me. So.
0: And and you know what? I, I don't want to make too big of a deal of this, uh, other than like to create an entire podcast where we talk about it, but um, but he's your favorite uh, player, Mike, By all no, means. Well, 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 we'll, <laughs> get to that. we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute, but, but you know, the, the game itself, you now seeing a game when you weren't going to see a game. I mean, I know that, that this isn't your first time to London or anything like that, but that will fade. That's not the greatest part of this. As far as I'm concerned. I mean, seeing an Arsenal game in person, you know, once you've had the opportunity to do that it's you know it, it it's exciting but there's the before the after just the the way it happened the connection with the team where where you know the the feeling of value and and uh and the whole experience which is so unique I think is is what'll stick with you for years and years I mean there may be a point where you don't even remember and and you'll probably not want to remember what the score is going to be on Saturday uh, <laughs> but uh you know, the, the way it came to be is, is, is the special part of it. And, and you're right about Arsenal Twitter. I look at Arsenal Twitter as a way that I've met tons of people like Mikey, like, like Kaya, like Tom, like you, like, like, like so many different people, a way that has come together to support our charity Gunners versus cancer. Um, you know, Yeah. There's a segment of, tw- of Twitter that is about fighting and arguing and, and trying to batter each other over the, the supposedly the team that you both love. But um yeah. You know, people need to expand their horizons and, and soak in stuff like this. So um see so yeah, all right, so let's get to what Barry and Gunnar's talking when about he, because when he invited um, you
1: to the city game, did you like say, Can I can I politely request another game like Watford versus City? <laughs> <laughs> like was there ever a decision yeah. to press What's, your luck and be like <laughs> Did he actually say, "Do you want to come to the game," or was the question like, "Do you like pain?" And then you just like assume it was the city game. Okay, I'll stop. Uh, Mike, go ahead. Did
0: <laughs> no, he, he ask? <laughs> All right. So, so Drago in, in the chat was talking about my history with, with with Granite Jacques has been a bit spotty, but I think <laughs> my I history. Think, I think we're getting we're we're gonna turn the corner. Kaya, my one of the reasons we love having journalists on uh, our podcast so much. Uh, first of all, when when I was in high school, I uh, I, I was an aspiring journalist. Uh, I this is from my high school yearbook. Uh, one of the most profound things I've ever said. Um, and 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 then after this printed in the yearbook, I promptly ate myself three times, uh, and and became the size that I am now. But uh, my daughter also 20 years old, University of Missouri, uh, aspiring journalism student. So um so you know journalism is kind of in the family and it's something that we both enjoy and I just I think it's a it's a career where you can watch somebody really enter at a level and and work hard and and, and do exactly what they want to do I mean you're an Arsenal fan since you're nine right
3: yeah you're younger since I was born yeah so you've been going a game.
0: you've been can... you've been going to games since you were nine yeah. uh lifelong Arsenal fan and now here you are covering the team, going to press conferences, uh, you know, covering the game at Carroll Road and going around the country and possibly around the world when they get back to going on tour.
3: How did you get from point A to point B? Um, I mean, so, it's obviously an amazing job and I absolutely love what I do and it's, it's nice to turn something that I probably would be doing anyway just in terms of watching games and sort of being on Arsenal Twitter, absorbing everything about the club that's possible. And turn it into something where i can call it a living which is unbelievable um but I, yeah like i said i started um following Arsenal when i was really young my dad um sort of got me a bit interested in football and then I remember first being really interested in football in euro 2004 i watched england um the team with wayne rooney in it and they got to the quarterfinals, and just sort of remember crying after that and sort of england losing on penalties which happens quite a lot and I, cried many times since then. And, yeah, um, my first Arsenal game that I can really remember was the 2005 FA Cup final. Um, people have told me it was a crap game. Uh, my dad's told me it was a rubbish game hundreds of times since. But, I mean, I was able to – it's enough to get me hooked. And then I joined at just the right time because after that, it was the trophy drought until 2014. So I got – Yeah, right at the right I, time. I, I talked to so
0: many people. And, and I, I – uh, <laughs> I just picture my friends staring at me when I say, because I say this almost every time, but when I'm speaking to somebody new who doesn't know me, my Arsenal career, if you want to call it, that started in the late 80s when I lived in London as a teenager. But once I moved back, there was about a 15-year time frame where between technology, lack of internet, college, getting married, having kids, that sort of thing, it just wasn't, my mind wasn't on Arsenal. And that was Period from about 1991 to 2006. So, so I too kind of rejoined the the fan club There's again. at the yes, exactly. I should have just stayed away, but um, but yeah. So you you you've embraced the club during probably the you know one of the tougher 15 year spells that we've had. Not the toughest, but yeah. um, and and so what? At what point do you say I'm gonna? I'm going to edu- you know going to school for a, a
3: journalism career. How do you end up at football.london? So I um I did uh, at the end of university, I I decided to do a master's course in journalism and then from there I went on, got loads mm-hmm. of experience, um as much experience as I could working for websites like 90min.com. I did unpaid work at Talk Sport, loads of unpaid stuff just as many jobs as I could to try and meet as many people as I could to get my foot in the door. All the while, me and my dad were going to Arsenal games every week, and my uncle Jeff as well would take us. Um, it would be the three of us. He's unfortunately passed away since, but um, it would be the three of us going to games. And yeah, just trying to get as much experience as I could. I was working four or five different jobs to try and make ends meet, um, just because when you're starting out in journalism, it's, it's pretty tough. Um, you don't really get that much paid experience early doors you sort of have to do the unpaid stuff so i was doing all sorts i was um working as a swimming teacher i was doing everything i could to try and sustain this career and when the pandemic came along those opportunities sort of dried up but i started i kept going with it and i kept writing Arsenal stuff and then i started writing for an amazing fan site called Town. which if any of you haven't read i'd I'd recommend definitely giving it a read to the website yeah, Dave Seeger's website. Um, yeah. And Mike McDonnell writes for them as well. I, um, yeah, yeah, I, Mike's there, yeah, yeah. And um, plenty, plenty of others who, so many great Arsenal writers on there and um, met some cool people through that and then sort of felt confident enough to apply for the Football. London position when it came up. And yeah, I, luckily I'm a, I was able to get in. I submitted a video with my piece sort of analysing why I think Arsenal should have got rid of Kolasinac on deadline day last year. And <laughs> that was enough to to get me in and and it's been sort of a year, a year and a bit has passed since then, but it's been an incredible experience. I mean, getting to go to games during lockdown was weird, but still really good fun. And now, now fans are back in the stadium and just interacting with people and like you said, going to press conferences, all that kind of stuff. I feel like I want to try and say something um, funny about it but it's just it's just positive it's like it's only well well, well,
0: the the, the, the question i would ask is this and and uh i've always you know since we started podcasting essentially for fun as a hobby i mean i you know my we have five people that kind of rotate and 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 come in and out of hosting the podcast and we still can't get our act together to schedule a podcast on a regular basis because it's not like not something we're doing for a living it's 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 a it's a hobby we just try to have fun with it uh, but you know, there is, um, where am I going with that? The hell was I, what was my point going to be? Mike, what was my point? You got to pick me up here. <laughs>
1: um, is, he, he can't have a a solid schedule because I keep on having kids. No, God, <laughs> <what> I'm, <laughs> I'm venting for, I'm trying to vent here. I, I, I completely I compl- compl- thought, thought
0: about what I was going to say, but, um, but there is a lot of hard work when you put in the regular, you know, when the, the podcast that do the regular work, that. Um, you know, that, 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 that churn out content daily. And that's why someone like Tom and someone like yourself have really risen through the ranks and and are now in a position where, um, you know, where they can uh, truly uh, be recognized and be able to be part. I know what I was going to ask you Um, when it becomes your work, it's a dream come true, but does it change the way you consume your passion? And what I mean by that is, you see people who, and this is exactly what I was meaning to say, was you see people who kind of go into podcasting and get very, very successful at it, it's almost because they kind of chose a persona. They've ch- they, they have a particular attitude that's known about them. They're either very critical, or they're very, very positive, or they, you know, this or that, or they have particular preconceived notions. And it's almost like they know what works and what doesn't work, and you you could, could Kind of subconsciously get get pulled into having your gut reactions tailored towards what you know works, what you know sells, what you know gets clicks and so on, rather than particularly how you feel about that. So an honest question, and there's no right or wrong answer to this, but you know, is there any downside to writing about the club and covering the club on, from the inside that you love? Uh, does it take away any of the mysticism or change the way you consume the product at all?
3: Um. Honestly, I mean, so the downsides are the amount you have to work, you do long days a lot of the time, ten, twelve hour days relatively common and sort of overtime is an expected part of the job, which is fine because I think sort of especially when you're at this stage and you're working your way up and I mean you're very kind in your description. I don't really feel like I've I've made it anywhere yet. So I'm still I'm still going a long way. It's a long way to go till I get to where I feel like I want to go. But um yeah, that's that's me is the only downside because I'm still a fan and like i try to be measured in my opinion so that i can give good analysis and sometimes the post-match pieces are a little bit more emotional than if i've had a day to sort of cool off but um generally no so my, my experience is a little different because i didn't start going to games straight away after i started covering the game uh, covering the club sorry um i was still at home because it was in the middle of lockdown so i was still shouting at my screen swearing sort of Saying things that I probably shouldn't be broadcasting at all um, about the team during their performances, and my housemates would always sort of be able to tell what the Arsenal score was. None of them are that interested in football. When I come downstairs at the end of the work, they'd be able to tell what uh, the score was <laughs> the right from my mm-hmm. room. So, or yeah. reading it on your face—like your face was basically
0: CFAX yeah. after the game. Yeah, could yeah, just tell yeah, what yeah. the score was. So, exactly. so That's- I want to ask you for your opinions on the last because you've been in around in and around the club for a year. You've seen at least one change in captaincy. Um, you've obviously been close to the club for all of our recent, you know, for the roller coaster of Granite Jaca. and Jack. This is how we're going to work you back in as well. Um, here's my one. Uh, we've played this on the pod before, but here's my one experience with a press conference. This was in uh, Los Angeles, California, in 2019 when 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 my my co-host Andy and I were credentialed media um uh, along with uh, a few others uh, at the time covering the arsenal tour and um have you ever made a mistake during a pod, uh, during a press conference that was
3: absolutely just mortifyingly embarrassing uh, yeah. or has that not happened to you yet um, i don't know if, not that anyone seems to have noticed but i feel like i have made yeah made, made mistakes
0: Okay, well, I made the cardinal one, which is uh, uh, the phone alarm going off on the podium. And, just, you know, I saw everyone putting their phones up on the podium, too. So, I'm, you know, doing what the, what the people did, not remembering that I had a, a reminder to, like, eat a protein bar or eat soup, one of my diet <laughs> soups or something like that, that was getting ready to go off. So it's a little hard to hear, but here is, uh, here's my moment. And here's, here's where the, the, the anti-love affair between Granite Jocko and myself started. If you just take a look at the look on his face, it's very subtle, but he wanted to go.
3: I just wonder whether I could ask you just a little bit about leadership and, and captaincy. Obviously, Lawrence not here at the moment. It felt as if last season you really took on a lot of responsibility as
2: a leader of the team. Did Did you enjoy that? And I guess you know, if, it comes, if it comes to it, would you welcome them to the opportunity to wear the armband kind leader of, in a long
0: term? It's not my first time. I was a captain here. I was before in Germany, international team as well. <laughs> it's it's subtle, but and and what's not subtle is my bald spot at that point, which is why I just got rid of it. But uh, yeah, so I felt his glare that day, and I said, you know. Give you know, give me a break. I'm, I, you know, I was, sweating, I was sweating profusely after that. I had to leave the room. It was it was awful. So you've not you've not had a mistake like that yet. But. No, um, no, not <laughs> like yet. Yeah,
3: not <laughs> yet. Not yet. That's <laughs> but weirdly, it's um, all my conferences have been over Zoom still because of because of the way the world's been for the past year. So I was supposed to go to one um, in person, and then um, I got a message the before saying it had been cancelled or moved on to Zoom. So I've not had any sort of leaving my phone on the on the table instance yet, but that's something to look forward to. Hey, if you if you Google uh, Je- is it Jeffrey Tubin or Jeremy Tubin Zoom, uh,
0: you can see that you can you can have embarrassing press conference moments <laughs> on Zoom as well. Uh, but let's 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 hope that that doesn't happen to you. So, all right, So that was the first Granite Jocka thing. Then you know, and we've argued about this over and over on the pod. Granite Jocka has been a very a lightning rod in our team. One way or the other, you've got people who love him. You've got people who who don't ever want to see him again. I have been pretty outspoken on never ever criticizing the guy's play because I'm not qualified to do so. Uh, but to say, you know, I just I I, I haven't been a fan of. Well, I certainly wasn't a fan of the Crystal Palace situation. Um, even though I understood what had him rankled, I think he took it off took it out in a completely wrong way, and I don't like that every time he comes back from one of his self-imposed Banishments due to red card or what other, what other, or otherwise, does one thing good and then starts clapping back at the fans. I feel like it's Granite versus the fans a lot. Now, I have to say, between Jack, what, what, you know, what's happened with you, between some things I've been told by others that I'm close to, who have gotten to know Granite Jacca a little bit, and and between the amazing article written by Amy Lawrence this morning, uh, life's too short to to have these kinds of uh bitternesses towards especially towards people who have no clue who you are. Uh, <laughs> but Jack, I mean should I put, put this away and just get on the get on the granite jocka train or at least just get back on the fence again. Were you a fan of his before this? What was the what was I your was a fan of his part?
2: before? I was. Um I'll be honest. I have a couple Shaka jerseys at home.
0: I do too, but it was like the old 29 jersey when we first signed him and I was all excited.
2: 29 and 34. Yeah I do have a 29 as well so yeah, I was. I was uh I was a Shaka fan before this. So it made it even more special.
0: Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. Uh it would have been weird if something like that happened to me and then Grimage and then there's all this footage of me saying stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing abusive, but just like like look, I'm sorry, I don't like the guy. Before um,
1: he DM'd you, he looked at your timeline. Imagine that. Yeah,
0: yeah that, that phone call probably not, would not have happened. Um <laughs> but uh I, I I think it's time to just bury the hatchet. Uh, I've seen in the comments in the chat that, uh, that a lot of people have, have, uh, have basically said, you know what, I'm over, uh, over the, uh, the, the, the Granite jocka stuff. And who who else do we have in here? But, but Kaya, obviously you, uh, you know, you cover the club. Have you gotten to know him? Do you have his, his number in your, in your, in your uh, Rolodex, like, like Chris Wheatley does? I mean, what's been your experience covering Granite Jocka the
3: person? Unfortunately, no. Um, I'd, I'd love to get close to him at some point, but not yet. Um, I think, yeah, as, as as we know, Chris has got a good relationship with him, but um, we've we've not had um, a, too much interactions. The the one time I remember, and I, it's actually a time where he really did turn me around, actually, because I was I was someone who wasn't too dissimilar in my in my views on him to you, Mike. I thought at times the the way he reacted to situations was a little petulant, and as someone who was sort of over the age of 25 and what you consider more of the experienced members in the Arsenal squad, I felt like he maybe needed to act sort of, at least when he was presenting an external image, with a bit more um, composure. But, I mean, it's easy to say that when you're not the one in the middle of a Emirates stadium with 60,000 people booing and shouting and swearing at you. But um, he had a press conference um, before one of the Europa League games. I can't remember which one it was. But he was t- talking about um, the abuse he's received on social media, how he deals with that, how... Um, trolls on social media have started attacking his family and his daughters and his unborn daughter at the time and it just it does make you think and it's it's very easy to forget because we're so detached from footballers but I mean maybe it's cliche but they are people too and um, I think to sort of judge someone like that who like we say we don't really know as sort of being either a terrible person or an awful person I guess that's just sort of the nature of Fandom, but um, yeah, I think my interactions with him, as minimal as they've been, have been pretty positive. And he's he's come across as a good guy, and he's definitely someone who's respected in the dressing room. And whenever you hear um players or the young players in particular talking about the leaders, they tend to mention Lacazette, they tend to mention Rob Holding, they tend to mention Granite Xhaka, and there's a reason for that. And I guess he's the I don't right think kind they of they should
0: practice. form a team, like a leadership type team of those, something two. Like that. yeah, yeah, something like <laughs> that.
1: Yeah, I think I, uh, I <laughs> vote somebody Nicole. in for captaincy. Um, yeah, can, 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 call I, can, over can I uh, just add a different perspective? Because I, I I do see the comments that are coming in. I'm reading them, and can, is it okay to say Grenades Jacka is an outstanding leader in the locker room? He's a great human being, but also you don't rate him as a footballer, like because I, I feel like it it turns into it's one or the other. And like, look, he is. I, I I've often said said these statements he is probably one of the best or he's he is the best midfielder that we've had for a few years now and that's including with Partey. I've often said he is a leader in our locker room I often said he's admired I also have often said that when he gets the ball and stumbles upon it for four or five seconds and somebody picks it away and he makes a like a boneheaded mistake it annoys the holy hell out of me so Just to give voice to the people in the chat not necessarily trying to bash the man here but i do think that we get caught up in there there's social media which is like super toxic right and they don't know they they can't say i don't rate a footballer or this is a bad pass without inserting because he's a piece of crap when and that's just like a, a horrible part of of social media right and you know we read the article from athletic from amy lawrence and she mentioned that you know he has people coming up to him in the street which is Horrible, of course, but I do believe that there there can be an in between, if you will, Mike. Like I know that you would rather not pass judgment on his footballing um, ability, and I understand why you're what you know you're saying about that. But I I admire the man as a leader, and I, I truly do understand what he brings to the club. But if you ask me, hey Mike, would you like to upgrade on him on the summer? I would also say yes, to you. Well, yeah so i mean just throwing yeah, that just out get... for, for the chat because i'm seeing a few comments you know that they're not completely sold but so yeah I just let,
0: let's highlight this because it's about 50 50. but i will say that one of the things that really struck me out of that amy lawrence article today was that his introspection on the things about his play that people generally have a problem with his his temper his you know his rashness it isn't something he's completely unaware of. And part of the thing that I haven't liked about him over the last couple of years has always been that he just had to clap back about things. It's the, it's the, this, and even during the Euros when he was playing for Switzerland, he had a great tournament, but you know, going into the camera, like, like, like it's always just me against my haters. And, and I, you know, there are some people on YouTube that are constantly talking about their haters because they need to, you know, promote the fact that they're the underdog in this, you know, oppressed victimization thing. And that's what I haven't liked about him. But, you know, again, he's, what is he, 15 years younger than I am? Uh, You know, he's, I, I'm judging 27 year olds like they should be fully actualized individuals. And it's, it's... uh <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's uh, it's always kind of ridiculous when you judge people's personalities and, and don't know them. You're really judging them on the window that you've seen. And the more that I see and hear about it, I think the more, you know, the more I tend to at least get into the neutral category and say, you know what, we clearly need him. I've ne- I would never say he's not a leader on this team because he clearly is. Um, and, you know, if, if I don't like some of the things he's done, Maybe I need to change this to that instead of I don't like him, you know, as a person or, or personality-wise. Uh, Drago thinks that there's only uh, 59,999 more people that have to be invited to a home game to forgive him. So, uh, so Jack, you've you've started something here. Um, Bit to go. BX Gunner says, Jaka has come good for me. I'm over the witch hunt. He hustles out there and made the great gesture. Uh, I think there's a lot of merit to that. Um, Alyssa from Detroit is in the chat. Um, Knowing Jaka did that for someone who experienced the same thing in Florida as we did is all that matters. I was able to visit with Alyssa and Ryan uh, in in Florida, even though the team didn't come. Um, So it's, uh, yeah, Glenn. Glenn's in the chat. What did Glenn say?
1: This, Uh, uh, wait, right here. Uh, This one, I I saved this one because I thought it was uh, tongue-in-cheek kind of funny. So what has Jaka done to turn everyone around? My wife get, gives a lot to charity she's a very nice to everyone maybe she could play in the midfield for afc so here's a man that clearly you know he, he doesn't rate him as a footballer uh, you know understands that he is a a nice person but nice person doesn't qualify him to to be an arsenal midfielder so there's always like look it, it's in the article right and, and i'm referring to this article and i'm hoping a lot of people got the chance to read it but it's it's a tale of two takes, right? Every every dime, every any, every coin has two sides to it, and it's it really is truly amazing how incredibly admired he is within the professional level. Like th- there's no two ways about it, you know. Um, every every manager he had has picked him. He's been respected and loved, and when he was a much in he's Arsenal, The only people that have ever
0: said anything negative about him from a professional standpoint are referees. Like, that is true. I mean, for, coach,
1: Oh yeah, that piece that that was a horrible piece for the the whole. I don't understand how. Oh, okay. There's fans and then there's referees. Referees are supposed to, no matter what, keep their you know their bias aside, if you if you will. The fact that it's been revealed that he you know a referee gives him a red card and and looks at his teammate and says, "Well, you know that's he's hot headed sometimes." Absolutely not. That is absolutely ridiculous. And he, he alluded to that in the, in his interview where it, it's kind of crazy, but yeah, I mean, look, if that was Granit Shaka, like what fan have not tweeted that when we've seen Harry Kane undercut somebody, if we've seen multiple other fouls and we're like, with that with Granit Xhaka. And it's sad because it's true. I mean, because we've seen fouls like far less excessive than the ones that we've seen um, Granite Shaka get red cards for. So, I think if I'm look, Mikey, I could be wrong. If you, uh, Kaya, Jack, if you guys could remember, I think there was a few seasons ago versus Swansea. He was like he intentionally did a professional foul and took yeah. took down the last man, and he got a yeah. red card and he came out and every and I immediately when I saw that foul. Right on, boy. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do the professional foul and take your yellow. He got a red card. Yeah. And then after that, the FA was like, well, it's a new rule. We told people for you take down the last player, it's gonna be a red card. And then of course, we saw it multiple times throughout the league and nobody got a red card. It's it's yeah, a I will say yeah,
0: are you are you gonna break the the like the undercover PGMOL? Like like are you gonna finally get to the bottom? <laughs> the, the Grand Jacky conspiracy.
3: conspiracy. The I not, not just the
0: Grand yeah. Jacky conspiracy, the Arsenal conspiracy within the PGMO. I will I will hire you. To whatever job – you know, I, I don't – I act like I have some sort of influence. That <laughs> you mean but he'll give you a spot on
1: the podcast? I will right? do whatever – yeah, I mean, if, if,
0: if someone could just expose the underbelly with, like, fact-based reporting and stuff, not just, you know, what we do. <laughs> what
3: yeah, do. well, that would be great. I I, I remember the, the Swansea game, and I remember in the same season there was – um a Burnley game, I think, where Xhaka got a red card and Alexis scored with that at 97. It was his first yeah,
0: season, I think. Yeah, it was his first
3: season. He got sent off twice. And he came to the club with this reputation of sort of being a bit of a hothead. He likes to tackle. He's been sent off a few times. And that's been proved to be true. But I think even this season, if you look at the red card he got at Manchester City, like, it wasn't a good tackle. But you see tackles like that go in every week that don't get red cards. And that's yeah, I think if, if that's a, a red, red, there's... There's 10 other yellows that should have been red. Yeah. If it's yeah, not yeah. a red, yeah. then it should yeah. be a red. They're pulling players back in those cynical fouls. I mean, if, if Manchester City were punished like that, then they wouldn't be able to put out a team every week because they're masters of the tactical foul. And it's, it's a, at times, can be quite a smart way of stopping opposition counterattacks. And listen, Jacka is not the most mobile of guys. So if he's being run away from by a quick winger, then it makes sense for him to bring him down. But yeah, having said that, then at the same time he goes and puts in a tackle like he did against Leeds and gets away with it. So maybe it swings and roundabouts, I don't know. But I do I, I agree that sort of the what would Granite do index that I think Andrew spoke about in, yeah, in yeah. past log is just like it's, it's definitely a thing. And um yeah, i think the, gra- the greatest chance too. to beat a referee, I'll definitely ask him about it for you.
0: The greatest tweet during that Leeds game was uh, was was James Andrews' buddy James uh, McNegillis who said who said if Granit Xhaka had made that tackle that Granit Xhaka just made he would have been so tough. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, just cracked me up in the pub. So here's what we're gonna do. For we've got about ten minutes left. Uh, are you guys both okay for another ten? Yep. Um, if you're in the chat, you have any questions for for Kaya? If you have any questions for Jack about his experience, um, now's the time to to, to to set it up. We'll we'll have a Really quick, just general review of your thoughts on the Norwich game. But I want to take just two minutes to quickly uh, talk about it because it is picking up steam. We're now uh, about 13% of the way sold on our 500 entries for the single, I might be biased, but the single best piece of, of Arsenal memorabilia in the world today. Um, and it's offered by Gooners versus Cancer. We're the only ones that have it. We created it. We had it done from the people who were part of it. And, um, and, and it's something that we're, we're having 500 entries, which each entry is a $25 donation, which is about 18 pounds, to the Leukemia Lymphoma Society on GoonersVCancer.com. And if you haven't seen this already, here's a little bit about this amazing piece. <laughs> If you win, you also get a copy of that music, uh, which I think is even more valuable. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that's as someone who lived through that day, not in person, unfortunately, but uh, I mean, that's the greatest moment of my sporting life and the four people who made it happen, all collaborating to sign and and, and and write on a shirt like that, I think it's pretty special. So go to GoonersVCancer.com and you can enter to win it. So, so Jack, you watched the Norwich game on your phone. Yeah. Um, so like happy 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 ecstatic and then like the bottom falls out is that pretty much how your day was on Saturday?
2: Um 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean I couldn't be more happy with a 5-0 win, but I mean yes, I was a uh,
0: expect- You get to watch the whole game like like it was over by the time you got on or or yes. what was the Yep.
2: Yeah, it was right. it was done.
0: Cool. So um who would you say was your man of the match uh in that game? Uh who who I mean, we, we talked about it on the open mic show on Saturday, an hour after the game, and, and there were four or five different people who got votes. Uh, so for you, who, who put in the best shift? I think I'd go with
2: Odegaard. I think he's playing really strong right now. Um, I think he's moving the ball extremely well, like he, he should be, and everyone knew he would be. Uh, so it's really great to see. So I'm going to go with Odegaard.
0: Perfect. Um, Kaya, now you're looking at it from a different perspective. You're in the you're in the press box in, in Carroll Road. How's the press box in Carroll Road? I, I I know uh where it is in, in Emirates, obviously just to the right of block block one, uh, block 32. Um is it a nice view? Is it good? I mean, you know,
3: obviously all these older stadiums
0: have uh some strange placement of 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 gantries and, and press boxes, but
3: yeah, it was a great view. Uh it was right up at the top. Um, so because it's not like three-tiered like the Emirates, it's just the one-tier. So when you're right at the top, you get a good sort of tactical view of the whole game and sort of the positions of the players. And you could see just about the, the touchline and it was pouring with rain and we were nice and protected from that. So, yeah, it was a really, really good um, press box, nice food as well, hot food, which you don't always get at press boxes around, uh, mm-hmm. around uh, England. So, yeah, it was a really, really nice game.
0: Nice. What well, 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 can we text each other about the food, because I'm really interested. I mean, they, <laughs> yeah, sure. that, that game in L.A., we, they, the the brisket was unbelievable. But in Denver, at the home of the Cronkies, it was uh, like sausages and, and and stale, you know. So, yeah, uh, nice to know that Norwich is spending their money on something. Yeah. Uh, so you're man of the match, and, and any comments about the game, any any nuggets from uh, from the press conference? That, I mean, obviously you, you put it out there for all of us who aren't able to take part of it. And and uh, oftentimes we read your comments and and those from Chris as well, depending on who's pushing it out while we're on our post game podcast. So thank you for doing that to to help us enrich our content. But um, what would you take away from that game as far as the spirit and the 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 alignment of of this club behind their manager?
3: Yeah, no worries. Happy to help with the press conference side of things. And I think it's hard to disagree with what Jack said. I think. Erdegaard was probably my man of the match. Um, I gave him, Marcelli, and Saka all 9 out of 10 because I couldn't pick. But if I had to pick, it would probably have been Erdegaard, because I think without him in that number 10 position where he's knitting things together and just linking that midfield and the attack, I don't think that front three perform as well as they do. And Obviously, um, the view we had was of Marcelli as well. We had a fantastic game on the left side in the first half. He was immense in just in terms of how he plays 100 miles an hour. Like if you consider he'd played four days before against Sunderland, obviously coming off the bench, but he'd been whacked about a bit in that Sunderland game. He'd come into Norwich and was absolutely fantastic and just doesn't stop running. And obviously he's adding the the finishing element, which he's always had, but he's doing it on a consistent basis. So that's really exciting. And then Emile Smith-Rowe coming off the bench. I mean, if you look across the Premier League, so many teams are struggling right now due to COVID, injuries, squad depth. Arsenal aren't. They're, They're very lucky in the sense that That front line is ridiculously strong right now. A 72 million pound player, Nicola Pepe can't even get anywhere near it. And that's a sign. And listen, um, I'm I'm sure you guys have discussed Aubameyang to death. So I won't go into it too much, but the fact that he's, his absence isn't really being too keenly felt. is just a sign of how well the attack has started working. I'm a big fan of Alexandre Lacazette in that centre forward role, just dropping a little bit deeper so that the wide forwards can take up the space. And I think it's working really nicely and, I'm interested to see how it goes against City, because in every single one of these good performances from Arsenal, there's been sort of a caveat. So against Leeds, it was, well, Leeds have been designated by injury. Against Sunderland, it was well. Sunderland, the league One. Against Norwich, it was well. Norwich and Norwich. Man City is a different story. And if Arsenal can play the way they've been playing against a team as good as Man City on New Year's Day... Um, yeah, I'm i really excited. Well, so, it's New okay.
0: Year's Day. That will be the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the,
3: mean, the joke here. That's the hangover. actually cha-
0: petitioned the FA to change their name to it's only Norwich FC. Um uh, <laughs> uh, I've one quick question for Kaya um to, that you mentioned and then Mikey if you want to if you want to spread out the uh, the questions that you've starred for the for the three for the two lads um and then uh and then we'll we'll uh, we'll cut it we'll cut it off. But what I wanted to ask you because you mentioned Martinelli going 100%. Um, Martinelli is, I mean, a lot of people would like to praise Martinelli while also taking a swipe at. Well, he should have been starting sooner. He's, he's clearly shown that. Now, what I've seen from Martinelli between last season and this season is an equal amount of effort, but a much sharper focus and 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 actual. Strategy, um, you know, last year he was literally running around the pitch like a chicken with his head cut off, and you loved the passion, you loved the energy, you loved the drive and the work rate, but maybe it wasn't necessarily to, uh, you know, to an end constantly, to it to, to a to a team uni- unified outcome. Um, whereas this season, I couldn't stop talking on Saturday about how in the 80th minute, right before he got subbed out, he's at, he's on a full sprint. Essentially covering Tierney's left back position, uh, and and forcing a, a critical turnover when you know the game was pretty much over, and yet he was still just putting in that kind of a shift, tracking back and doing all the things that he needed to. And it was so it just it is the delay in getting him out there, kind of the holding him back a little bit, and not just setting him loose on the league. Is that a strategic thing that you think has actually paid dividends, or am I looking too far into it?
3: No, I think you're spot on. I think um if it weren't for the COVID and the injuries that Arsenal had at the start of the season, Gabriel Martinelli wouldn't have been involved in those first couple of games against Brentford and Chelsea, where he took so much stick for not playing as well as we know he can do. And the most exciting thing about Martinelli is obviously the passion. And he's sort of he's now playing smart as well as playing well, if that makes sense. So he's he's sort of he's doing things that are clever and he's not doing everything at 100 mile an hour. He's doing what he needs to do at 100 mile an hour to have the most impact on the game. And he's playing with his head up a lot more. A lot, a thing I noticed in his game before was he would dribble and he'd have his head down and now he looks up and it's so, so much more important and he looks ready now. And I think a, a big thing about Arteta and what he's always said about Marcinelli was he needs to be ready. The timing needs to be right and that's what we've heard from people inside the club, um, that they wanted to make sure it was just right for Martinelli because he was out for a long time with an injury and I think people forget that six months is a long time And because of COVID and project restart and the way it was um, we sort of forgot about it but that was a big injury at such a young age and it takes time to get back into your rhythm and I think when he first came back he was so desperate to make up for lost time that he was almost trying to score an assist every time he got the ball didn't matter whether he was in front of the goal or a corner. yeah exactly he was he was just doing everything to try and get his name on the team sheet whereas now he's calmed down a little bit more he's got a little bit more confidence that he's going to be in the team involved and I think that makes a huge difference for him because he seems to be playing yeah like I said a lot more smart and that means that Arsenal have an even better player than I think we all thought on on our hands because he's he's his talent is immense and his potential is you know, unknowable at this point in time, but it could, it could go Stratospheric if if he's able to keep up what we're seeing yeah. now. I think Arteta deserves so much credit for just sort of not bowing to the pressure because a lot of managers might have done, a lot of managers might have thrown him in, but it's been very important just to just to make sure it was right. And I think that was yeah, that's been key for seeing the Gabriel Martinelli we've seen over the past couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, and in, in youth football, my my son has just you know pretty much completed an arc through you, your youth football. He's eighteen now. Um, you know there are players like him who very early on had all kinds of skill, but but just didn't really have the work rate and and the ferocity. And as you get older, those guys start getting picked off by the people who do. And then you had the kids who were just all work rate; they just ran around like bulldozers. But the, you could tell that if they were ever one on one, they couldn't beat a man; they couldn't do anything like that. And then you had the players who, were around 13, 14 years old, started putting the two together, and those were the superstars. Those are the guys who are now playing in university or we're doing um you know doing uh trials in in Spain or Portugal at lower level teams and stuff from over here so um you know i look at martinelli as just a very advanced version of that even though he's older and he's a much more complete footballer i think we're getting more out of him now because of the investment in learning that that he got and you know that might be hindsight and and finding a way of 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 making arteta right in hindsight but i don't see how you could call him wrong in hindsight either so Couple, a uh, couple of user questions for uh, for Jack and Kaya Mikey.
2: Yes, coming in. Hey, before, uh, before can I can I actually? I'm sorry. Can I ask Kaya a question real quick? Oh yeah, sure. absolutely.
0: Of course. Kaya,
2: promise me that game goes on Saturday. Any word <laughs> on COVID or anything? Go. I mean, I know you can't promise, but anything. Imagine, dude. About, nah. Hey, city's got all COVID <laughs> coming here.
3: Um, listen, we've not we've not heard anything. Covid wise, from either club, I don't want to jinx it because I feel like I know. You, you've been through enough. I don't want to get get your hopes on and then see them smashed down. Maybe you have to stay in London for the the Liverpool game after that. I don't know, but um,
0: yeah, Jack. Obviously. If that if that game gets cancelled, I'm coming over in in April and we're get we're gonna we're gonna go together to to the game in <laughs> April. I, I I just I promise you that. Um, I'll Take you up on that, Mike. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I, yeah, I can't pay. You're going to DM beer Kai, beer Kai tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's, me. That, that's why I asked that question earlier. Really. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, I was giving you the same package that Granitjaka was giving you, but <laughs> no, uh, no, if that game doesn't happen, I'm going to be sick to my stomach. But uh, that's a great question. Uh, do we have a question for Jack?
1: Yeah, I got you. Uh, just real quick, Mikey, and this is just for a good friend Owen that's not on the pod. I just want to say that Gabriel Martinelli is like a dirt bike that I bought when I was younger in Guatemala and he just needed a few, you know where I'm going with this? Just needed no, a few can't. extra gears. Okay. What? Clip needed a few extra gears. Oh, God. We'll clip that and send it to Owen. I promise <laughs> you we'll get him to laugh his ass off. All right. Back to uh, the radio program. We're doing podcast
0: bits for, for, for single yes. individual people. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely.
1: I had to get that. I've been waiting for weeks for do that. So Jack, here's the first question of the man, the myth, the legend that is Danny, the GFP, uh, my podcasting podfather. Question: Fourth, yes or no? Third, yes or no? So, with the way the league has been progressing and the team has been playing as of late, what do you think our chances of are of succeeding in a top four race?
2: I think four is pretty dead on. I always thought four was pretty dead on going into the season. To be honest, um, I didn't see us too far off of the other teams. I know lift a little bit um and but i don't i i think four, 100 percent. third um maybe we could catch chelsea i don't know
0: liverpool dropped a couple points today
1: liverpool dropped some points chelsea yeah oh no chelsea beat aston with the great martinez of course so yeah
0: well you know
1: I, who is actually better than leno now that we very that. very
0: soon we will not be looking back over our shoulders at the at the games in hand. But but Kaya, do you think? Uh, I mean, where were you asked to to put a kind of a, a place on where you thought Arsenal would finish pr- prior to the season? I mean, I'm sure any journalist or podcaster would have had that 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 show or that article where they're like, you know, top four, bottom three. Arsenal will finish. What were
3: you? Do you recall what your, what your yeah, thoughts were? This? Several different platforms. Um, yeah, fifth is where Are I have different answers on all of them. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, fifth, sixth, fourth, first, fifth. um, <laughs> cover no, all I, bases exactly. Exactly. If I do 20 <laughs> different shows, then I would have been fine. Got to um,
0: diversify. I'm in
3: financial services, exactly. A great thing exactly. But no, I had I had Arsenal in fifth just because I foolishly thought Man United were going to be a lot better than they were. I didn't factor in how, um, disappointing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was going to be as a manager this season and how much the signing of Cristiano Ronaldo would completely seemingly sort of just um ruin them as a a team and obviously fantastic attacking player but as a team they they seem to have fallen apart and I think that's created a gap that Arsenal have been able to to get into fantastically and look people people say that Arsenal haven't beaten any big teams they've only beaten little teams but that's that's not easy to do and um Spurs drop points against Southampton today Arsenal that's a game they won so You have to do it. And I think Arsenal need a lot of credit. And in the old days, when Arsenal would make top four every season, they would lose quite handily under Arsene Wenger to the big teams, but they would beat all the smaller teams and they would get that final spot. And I think that's Arsenal's best bet this season. It's not going to be easy because Spurs under Conte look much better. Even though they drop points today, they look a much better team. Um, Man United under Ranić still, we don't really know, but you can't fully rule them out just because of the quality they've got. And then West Ham... One today and are a team who are really effective under David Moyes so it's not going to be easy but I think fourth definitely on third a little bit too far off Chelsea and I think when they get their injured players back they'll be much better again but fourth definitely possible and I think Arsenal probably just about favorites for it at the minute
0: I would say so unless you I mean if you're listening to the television pundits no but (laughs) uh but yeah it, it You'd be disappointed now if we don't if yeah. we don't go back to the Champions League next year, and that's that's a feeling I never would have thought uh, that we'd have this year. Uh, speaking of, uh, and I told you this before the show, uh, and I, this is my evidence right here. Super Kevin <laughs> Campbell says, "Hey, Magic Mike, um, uh, I hope all is well. Do you think the Arsenal have a plan for January recruiting players? God bless you all. Uh, God bless you, Kevin. You are uh, you are a man amongst men." Uh, happy birthday to your son, Tyrese, by the way. Uh, great to see him back banging in goals for Stoke. Uh, <laughs> nice to have a reason to actually enjoy watching Stoke. I'm going to push that on you, Kaya, because you might have a little bit more insight than I do about the plan for, for January's recruitment. Um, and, and maybe shed some light on uh, on this uh, Mainsley to uh, this Maitland-Niles. Ask Tom Sunday about Mainsley by the way.
1: but Just for reference as well, that uh, goes hand in hand with Bugelli and Gunnar. Kaya, putting your ITK status into question, any insight on potential targets for January? So it ties in quite well. Did
0: you have anything you'd like to say to the gerbil
1: while you're
3: at it? (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't want to step on the gerbil's toes, but um, yeah, there's a plan. Um, I think it depends a lot on what happens though. So uh, and Arteta and um, the hierarchy have all had meetings about what they want to do in January, but um, there's, it's dependent on sort of who leaves first and what happens with the players we don't really know about fully at the minute. So someone like an AZ Maitland-Niles, is, he's attracting interest from Roma and um, they're interested in getting him and I, I don't know whether that's the smartest move for Arsenal right now just because of the numbers it would leave them short of in midfield um, going into January, but that's something that could happen. Um, Plenty of players like that who we don't quite know what's going to happen. So say Klaznat's attracting interest from Watford, I think. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Abamyang. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with someone like Flo Balogun. Is he gonna go on loan? So they're making they've got plans and they've got contingency plans in place. And I'm sure they'll they'll have their list of targets who they want to go for if they feel it's 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 needed. But um at the minute, I don't think there's a concrete plan to bring anyone in um, unless things change dramatically. But listen, things can change throughout January. And I'd keep an eye on the midfield position right now just because if Ainsley does end up leaving, then they might look to bring someone else in if they don't trust that Patino's ready to make the step up. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the one I'd say is probably where they're looking at the most. But definitely plans have been made and it's sort of a see what happens and then they'll be able to react accordingly. But not sort of caught off guard because they seem to know what's coming, um, as we saw in the summer.
0: Okay. well, it's, a, it's an open summer, That's, or an open January. I don't personally think we're going to do much business at all in January, but uh, it seems to be the, the rule of thumb. Mike, do we have another question?
1: Yeah, I'm holding my breath for a look at Delhi still. Eventually he'll arrive. At the age of 35, he'll be here. Jack, here's a question for you. Uh, is Ramsdale the clear first half... Blah, sorry, butch that. The clear first half player of the year so far. So we've first uh first couple of first half of the season it passed by out of all the new signings that we've had you think uh Ramsdell take the
0: or out of everybody
2: that he, he changed the team he changed the season as of right now so yeah one hundred percent
1: like that that's earned yeah that's um we've had the discussion on a different podcast as far as the standout star of the season and I'm here to say I'm really happy to say that you could make an argument for multiple players in, in my eyes so uh, but yeah, Ramsdale is uh, fresh breath air. The way he came into the club with all the uh, the backlash that that the, the you know that the, that he got, that the club got, and the fact that it, he came to be and play the way he's playing right now is just absolutely amazing. Follow up question for you, Kaya. Uh, what do you think of the possibility of the Magic Black Boots, aka Emil Smith, role playing I'm as False Nine? Kaya, uh
3: what do? You- um, no, I, I don't think it would work just because um, I think he's tried it before, Arteta. We um, remember that Villarreal semi final where it all went horribly wrong in Villarreal. And um, I don't think he's quite got the physicality to do the hold up play. And for me, um is at his best when he's bringing the ball forward by dribbling. And if you play him at the highest position in the pitch, then he can't really dribble the ball forward. So I really like him in the left wing role. I think that's where he's at his best. I think he is able to sort of play in those half spaces combined with the fullback, combined with the attack midfielder, combined with the striker as well. And, yeah, for me, that's where he's at his most dangerous um, center forward. Even though he is taking a lot of chances, he seems to be getting them from a little bit deeper. And I just don't quite think it would work um, for us right now. As uh, Yeah, him as a false man.
0: Yeah. I have a question um, from the football journal for (laughs) Kaya. Did did your interest in football journalism truly take form when he burst – when burst onto the scene with
3: his transcendent two weeks of fame you uh, have no shame do, mike do, do, do you remember
0: <laughs> do you remember the episode of the football
3: gerbil of or, or of course i remember yeah it was the Yehi news that he broke if i'm not mistaken very oh. famous
0: very famous very
3: handsome yeah um, a good looking job was the best looking job i've ever seen
0: he's the best looking gerbil i know um but i mean is that where it came from or were you already kind of on that track for
3: um i'd say i was on the track but that definitely Put me on the right path um, in terms of going to to where where I am now. It's definitely definitely an inspiration. Each time I write an article, it's what would what would Gerbil say for this? So
0: yeah. Well, I'll I'll pass that along to him. We have uh, <laughs> we have a kind of a back channel communication with each other. So
3: um,
0: any other questions? Or are we uh, are we good? Do, do we stand any chance against City? Let's ask Jack that. um Jack. We'll finish off with with, with Jack giving sure his enough. prediction. With you there, we can't lose, right? We got it. It's in the bag. love that.
2: We're love at that. home. We're great at home. Going.
0: actually fancy a result in this game. I, I I don't want to say it because every time I pick us to win, we don't. But uh, I mean, Kai, is I fancy money?
1: my sanity, so I'll just sit back and see how the game plays out.
0: Oh, I'll, I'll still predict <laughs> a 2-2 a, a draw as I do in every single game when I actually think we're, that we have a chance. I still go 2-2. Um but uh bakaya, I mean do, do, when people say bakaya do, 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 do you think they're talking about bakaya saka? Hey,
3: <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes I
0: saw <laughs> someone in the chat call you kayak earlier and I
3: was I was not. Yeah, lot yeah, yeah, people think I, my name's Kayak Inack, which is quite fun, uh, <laughs> rather than kayak Inack, but
0: yeah. It was bang out of order. Uh, <laughs> you are not a travel website. Um all right, so, so uh <laughs> All right. So enough gerbil talk. All right. So let's finish it off. Do we have a chance against against uh, against City? Do you? How do you think that that Arteta is going to approach the game? Do you? Does he make any changes to what's been working against the lower clubs? Do you think he overthinks it? Do you think he tries to change the formation? Does he try to outwit his uh, his mentor? What are we going to see on Saturday morning, other than a football game that occurs?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I should add, yeah add the add the caveat if it goes ahead. Um, mm. I think. Um, not going awesome. to
1: get roped into confirming anything. Um, yeah, Smart. Not, I'm not, I like not, that. I'm not
3: falling <laughs> down that rabbit hole. Um, yeah, I think. <laughs> so, my my worry is that maybe just because Arsenal are at home and um, in front of their own fans, that they might. Uh, Arteta up against his old sort of like mentor, Pep Guardiola. He's always seemed to try to want to pull something over him and try and get the better of him. So, remember that game last season where he played William as a false nine? Uh, with Aubameyang on the wing. And this season, when Arsenal went into a big game against uh, Man United, they played on any midfield out of nowhere. And Arteta does have it in him to do that in big games. So that would be my fear that something similar could happen. But I don't think it will. I think things have been going so well in recent weeks. And with the rest that people have been able to get without the Wolves game um, going ahead, I think that just means that it would be probably strange for him to change, not change the starting 11 I'm not 100% sure what Tommy is COVID sort of status is I don't know whether he's vaccinated or not so that could affect whether he's available for Man City but um assuming he's not I'm kind of fine with Ben White playing right back and Rob Holding in the middle so I think that could work well and then beyond that yeah I don't think Arsenal will make too many changes and I think it's a good test um against Man City City side who pressed really hard Arsenal have been obviously playing out from the back really nicely in previous weeks so I don't know. I don't want to predict a win um, because I think every time, like like you guys, I, every time I predict a win, I seem to end up disappointed. And I got really excited about the Liverpool game. And I thought Arsenal could go there and get a result. And then obviously that did not end up happening. So I'll, I'll go for a draw as well. I think a draw would be a fantastic result if Arsenal can get it. One all would be amazing because two twos already been taken. So one all i both. Beautiful. All
0: right. Well, Jack, we're going to round up. Jack, um, I hope you and your wife uh, have a very happy anniversary. What, when is the anniversary date? Was it is it today? It was actually the seventeenth. Oh, okay. So today oh, would have December. been the game. Yeah. Um, well, happy mm-hmm. anniversary. We uh, we're coming up on our twenty fifth this year, and I'm talking about me and Mike, not my wife and I. Um, <laughs> but um, but congratulations on your trip, on your uh, on your interactions with with both Chris and Granite. Um, had any good food since you've been over? Like, where where, where abouts you eating? Do you need any recommendations on lamb ribs or anything like that? Um. Uh, no, actually, I'll be honest. We've been pretty disappointed with both restaurants we went to. I couldn't even tell you the name of either of them. Um, um go to wait. I saw, well, I saw you were already up in uh, Emir- uh, up in uh, in in North, North London today. It looked like you were prancing around the Emirates and, and and the uh, taking pictures with all the statues and stuff. If you make it back up there on a non game day, I can't recommend this place enough. Uh, I don't know, Kaya, if you've ever been there, but Yield is. Uh, I know you 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 are of Turkish descent, um, so I'm not going to act like I'm the expert in Turkish food or lamb ribs or anything. But Yildiz on Blackstock Road, a couple doors down from the Arsenal Tavern, uh, the, the the lamb ribs are amazing. I went there maybe nine times, uh, and I tried to go there another six times, and they were closed while I was in London a, a couple months ago. So um, so go there. Tell them Mike sent you. They'll they'll say in Turkish, "Who the fuck is Mike?" Um, <laughs> And then it's to the that will be an amazing thing. lamb roof. Deal. I'll take it. I'm going
2: up on Thursday again. So, yeah.
0: any, any place that you recommend, Kaya?
3: Let me give them the um, – If you're looking for Turkish food, um, on Holloway Road, or there's a nice place called Gallipoli, and then they sort of have another one, which is called Gallipoli again. It's the same restaurant, which is like a little – not a chain, but it's just like two restaurants. And it's original. That's really good food. I definitely recommend that. It's near highbury Islington Station. And, yeah, if you're looking for Turkish food, you can't go too far wrong with that. Well.
0: Maybe uh, when we come back in in, uh, in April, if uh, if if you haven't gotten sick of me by then, maybe we'll 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 go out for some Turkish together and uh, uh, and, and we'll go to there, there's two pubs you got to go to. There's the Tollington and then the Tollington again. It's just down the street. <laughs> um, it's it, it's really really good. So anyway, uh, that's enough for tonight. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, appreciate you staying up late with us, Jack. Hope you have a great experience. Be rooting for you. I want to watch a game on Saturday morning, but more than anything, more than anything else, I want you to be able to watch it, um, and and it'll just complete the arc on the story when we come back with a win. Uh, so uh, it's great to meet you and and uh, and and have a chance to chat about your experience, Kaya. We'll do this again, hopefully sometime soon. Um, please give Tom a hard time. Uh, <laughs> tell him you need to be invited to the wedding. Um, uh, it's not nice that I'm invited and you're not, you guys are colleagues. Uh, but, uh, Mikey, would you be doing the Gooners podcast again? Uh, again, again, tomorrow, uh, yeah, the Gooners podcast
1: again, 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 right. um, for the open mic. No, probably not. I won't on <laughs> for, for the first, but
3: yeah,
1: no, I'll be back eventually. Uh, I make no promises nowadays. I, it all, I'm I, everything hinders on a, on a three month old be completely honest Mm -hmm. with you so i'm gonna see how that plays out and anytime i am available i sure do miss this place so yeah absolutely would love to be back
0: all right love you mate take care everybody have a great weekend happy new year to everybody and come on